Welcome to the Man Lab, where we combine science and health in the pursuit of making men great again. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Man Lab. My name is Blake, and I'm here with Jeff and Alex from T Clinics. These guys are the brains with muscles. I am not either of those, so I'm trying to find out uh, as much information as I can for the, on behalf of you guys. So what we're addressing today is Ozempic, which is actually semaglutide. Ozempic is the most commonly known name at the moment. Uh, there's a couple of things we want to make sure we, we're going to cover, which is why you should use it, why you shouldn't use it, and being as transparent as possible because like with anything health-related, not there's not anything that is one-stop shop for everyone. So uh, the goal of this is to address concerns as well that we have been hearing, such as uh, a Zempic face, people that are losing muscle mass and uh, bone density, allegedly. And the goal as well is by the end of this, you're going to know whether or not you want to use it or you don't want to use it. And whichever way you choose, that is up to you. And that's what the goal of this is. So, um, and to be fully transparent, T Clinics um, does offer semaglutide as an op option of one of their products. And if you want to find out more about it after this episode, you can contact them on uh, bit.ly forward slash T Clinics USA. That is bit.ly forward slash tclinicsusa, and that is in the description too if you just want to click the button and not have to think about it. So, guys, thanks for coming along. That's how late. So, first of all, I just wanted to find out um, why is Ozempic, aka semaglutide, becoming super, super popular at the moment? Weight loss is a problem, you know, and, and it has been for a long time. It's probably the most growing health concern in our country, if not the world right now. So um, as long as we've been in the business, which is going back 20 years now, dieting and, and, and weight loss has always been a big concern. Finally, there's this medication that solves the primary three reasons that people fail when it comes to dieting. Uh, the first is temptation and having lack of willpower and, and essentially wanting to eat the foods that they're not supposed to be able to, to, to eat. Second is controlling how much somebody actually eats. And then third is, is really controlling cravings and blood sugar levels. So, you know, a person when they do decide to diet, aren't tempted to have the sweets and the starchy food choices. And then by having blood sugar regulation, your body goes into more of a fat burning, you know, fat burning state. So this medication accomplishes all it, it curbs your appetite makes you feel as if you don't want to eat food. Um, when you finally sit down to have a meal, you get full very, very quickly. Essentially, your body um, doesn't digest the food as fast and doesn't push it into your GI tract as quickly. So you literally get full off a very small portion of food. And then while having a, a regulated blood sugar level, um, you're not wanting to have those foods that kind of control your blood sugar, which are tends to be sweets and um, starches and breads and you know, chips and things like that which also has a factor of how quickly you'll, you'll burn fat when doing exercise or activity. Yeah. So kind of the, the trinity of weight loss, this one medication <clears throat> kind of provides it all for you. Yeah. And so, um, so basically what I'm understanding from it and what we've chatted off, off, off uh, camera as well is this is meant to be more of like a tool instead of like a one-stop holy grail weight loss solution. And how do you suggest people if they are going to use it, um, as a tool instead of, like I said, 
this is something we're going to just keep taking and ride it to the wind. Um, you know, you, you do have a lot of people taking that medication or GLP peptide un, like unsupervised or they're maybe following a higher dose schedule, which is creating a lot of problems. We spoke about it a while back is, you know, it does control your appetite and, and cravings. Um, but people are tending to rely on the medication to just not eat, which is a, a big problem just in weight loss in general. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of people that are just starving the weight off, which is my biggest concern. Uh, obviously all are just in general are concerned with weight loss. What do you mean by starving the weight off? Well, look, I mean, diet is, is the end all to be all when it comes to losing weight. So, mm -hmm. so this medication allows a person to diet correctly. And Jeff knows a ton about nutrition and to know so much about diet and then being able to actually utilize that knowledge is, is for most people very tough. And so we're seeing clinics go out there and people are not following any structured diet. They're just taking a shot and basically starving. And Jeff, I mean, of all people knows what what the consequence of that well, is. Well, I, I think, and you kind of touched on a little bit there, a lot of the problems that are coming to now is empic phase or muscle mass and bone mm -hmm. density loss. Um, a lot of that has to do with what people are doing right now with that medication is they're taking it, they're not eating, they're not hungry, they're losing weight because they're in a severe caloric deficit, but they're eating so low to where they're not, they don't have enough nutrients coming in, they're losing structural fat, obviously mm -hmm. in the face, that's what's getting that gaunt look that typically is even takes semaglutide off the table or GLP off the table, they're, you know, you're going to have that side effect if you starve. I mean, look at a classical person that's had like a gastric bypass or sleeve, one, they can't eat much or two, they're told not to eat much and the those individuals tend to lose a ton of weight, a ton of muscle. They get malnourished just because they don't have enough nutrients or vitamins coming in, um, you know, which creates a whole nother slew of problems, muscle mass loss, bone density loss. Um, but the biggest thing that's happening and what I foresee you're, you're going to hear about over the next couple of years is I, I use this GLP medication. I lost 80 pounds, but then I put on 120. Um, and, and that's just dieting 101 they just they're not focusing on the vehicle the vehicle is actually always going to be diet nutrition and, mm -hmm. and physical activity and exercise um it, it's honestly the best thing i've seen in in ever to, to be able to get someone to stick to a plan but you could have the best plan in the world if it's not applied right it's it's kind of pointless so yeah. it's you know you're gonna have a lot of people in a worse off situation but, but they got to have that plan yeah without yeah. a plan you know what, what's the end result you're gonna have a shit result any person out there who's thinking about doing semaglutide or is currently doing semaglutide or knows somebody's doing semaglutide, if you don't have an idea of how you're supposed to die and you're just taking this drug thinking magically weight's gonna fall off, sure, starve yourself. You're going to lose weight initially, it's gonna slow down eventually, and you're gonna be screwed when it's all over because you're gonna put this weight back on. Yeah. It's really, really, really important to understand what to do as far as your diet's you know, kind of concerned around this medication and let the medication support the diet. Yeah. So it seems like there's like a big disconnect with people where they, it's like with everything, if I do this one thing, I do it once and then I do it, don't have to do worry yeah. about it again. It's a classic thing of you don't own your health, you rent it and you pay yep, it daily. Sure. And so so what I'm getting is this is, should be more like a tool to help satiate people short term mm. while they really are building their habits that are yeah. then going to progress beyond taking Ozempic, aka semaglutide. Right. I mean, yeah. I'll be transparent. I use it, right? So 
I take I, it too. I, I've, I've used it enough to understand <laughs> the good and bad part of it. Um, you know, when I first started using it, it really allowed me to stick away from number one, overeating, which was, you know, when I was younger as a guy who worked out a lot, it was easy to just eat a big portion of meal and <clears throat> go to the gym the next day or, you know, not eat for breakfast and, and, and burn off a little bit of extra mm. fat. What I found in using this now was it really made portion control for me so much more manageable. Mm -hmm. um, I still do eat the proper amount of meals. I still have that breakfast. I still have that lunch. I still have that dinner. I still go to the gym. I still have a protein shake, you know, when I know I need it. Yeah, and it's foundation. just important to understand those fundamentals while taking the medication to allow you to like apply those principles. Mm. I'm curious for, cause most people think about Ozempic, AKA semaglutide. Or Wagovi. Like that's absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're the same it's company, but same just Wagovi's met for um, obesity or overweight with a cofactor. Yeah, it's gotcha. funny how that happened, right? Like all of a sudden, Ozempic took the name. Ozempic is really the diabetic version. Yeah. yeah. And Wagovi is technically the, the medical weight loss one. Uh, it's the weight loss drug, but everybody kind of like hashtag Ozempic. Yeah. When and so really is, is that why I'm well, like thinking so it's I a kinda, shortage? Is no, that so part I, of it? Um, so that has to do with dosing. Like it's, it, it has to do with the, the pens come in particular doses. Mm -hmm. And the ones that were made for diabetics were the, were the lower dosing ones, right? No, yeah. no. So they're yeah. actually very similar. So, and I'll kind of, I said this on the last one. I'll give a quick like history. In 2017, Azempic came out. It was meant for type 2 diabetes. Um, they started reporting, like they, they saw the drastic weight loss in individuals. Obviously, they were consuming less, um, losing weight. Obviously, still getting the benefit of a GLP to improve carbohydrate metabolism and insulin response. Um, so they kind of, kind of put the study forward and put out Wagovi, I think it was 2021, and it kind of flew off the shelves. And so Wagovi kind of that side of the medication because they opened it up for because it was only for type two diabetes. And that the was- the weight loss people started getting the diabetic one. So, so and they ran out of Wagovi or they were on a shortage for their production of Wagovi for mm -hmm. obesity or weight management with cofactors. And so then Azempic kind of became like the thing to get same drug, same thing, same dosing schedule. Um, just, you know, they- People are just taking the drug because, you know, they're losing weight. Yeah. So. Okay. No, we, don't, we don't deal with the brand name ones, but I'm sure thinking about it, the weight loss one's got to be more expensive. Yeah. You know, I don't know. We don't sell um, that one. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty similar when but you I'm look sure them up. Something to do with and the they're not cheap. I'll tell you that much when you get into like, you know, Azempic or Wagovi. So brand names. Yeah. The, the Gucci's. Yeah. The Gucci's. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're extremely <laughs> expensive comparably gotcha. to, the, to what we charge for the compound version, which is. Equivalent. If you're interested in finding out whether or not you may or may not have low testosterone, there is a free online test called the Adam Test. Now this questionnaire takes only 60 seconds to complete and has up to an 88% accuracy rating. To access this free test, you just go to bit.ly forward slash free Adam test. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash free Adam test. And if you don't want to remember that, the link is in the description of this video or audio if you're listening to it. Bitly forward slash free Adam test. Find out, 60 seconds. Got nothing to lose. Let's get back to the show. I'm curious, because you mentioned you still, you guys both take it. Mm -hmm. um, again, everyone associates this with just losing weight, not doing anything, whatever, great. Why do you guys take it? Do you I mean, first, before we're going to sell anything at the clinic, I feel like I got to, I got to try it. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to sell something, I got to know what it does. Secondly, I just, you know, I think like I've always loved food. To be honest, I got into the weight loss game years and years and years ago. Um, 
because I love food so much and I always wanted to understand what is it I could do to still love food and enjoy food, but at the same time be able to kind of get rid of, get rid of the, the consequence of it. So I realized as I'm getting older that food has a, 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 a stranglehold on most of us mm -hmm. to a point where it's very difficult to tell a person who's a food addict. And I'm going to raise my hand to say I am. Just stop eating. You know, if you're addicted to alcohol or gambling or cocaine, you stop going to those places where that thing is offered. You can't mm -hmm. just stop eating, you know. And, and so if you struggle with that addiction, I mean, if you live in a house with a little kid and you know that the cereal is just so damn good at night, you can't not have it. I live in a big city, you know, I live in, in, in downtown <clears throat> Miami and I can literally go downstairs and there's food trucks, there's ice cream gelato places, there's a mm. pizza place. It's like that food starts calling your name. Stay for a walk after <laughs> Well, yeah, but that's what you, you start doing. I'm so detached. But now <laughs> I get to a point where if you take the shot, it's like all of a sudden that that bad angel that's on one of your shoulders mm. like just kind of shuts the hell up. Yeah. You don't listen to him anymore, and you all of a sudden control your your ability to kind of get back that strength. And for somebody who's really, really, really struggles with weight, I know that struggle is really real, and they just have a really hard time with controlling it. So for me, it was... I could take this once a week shot and kind of give myself back that power. And I don't have to struggle, I don't have to worry. And I know Jeff has dealt with bodybuilders and nutrition people earlier on in, in his nutrition career. And imagine if this medication was offered to them back then. It would have been so simple. When you have to kind of go a little bit harder, drop food a little bit more, when you're training really, really hard, it definitely would have made it easier. Mm -hmm. um, if you could take like the cravings and just the want to have stuff, you know, I, I Similar reason I wanted to try it personally just to see cause and effect and see the good, the bad, the ugly in it. Um, I've never really had a discipline issue with um, food. It's always been just a, a fuel source for me. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, it is the craziest thing. Um, Jeff has on, the fat gene embedded in him. I'm, meant to, I'm not meant to be a small person. So really? He doesn't yeah. fight for it. Interesting. Oh, I have to he would, he'd be continue. A I'm, I have I'd to be force really myself big. to eat. Yeah. I'm like, that's like, so fascinating to me, this stuff, because it's so, so you have foreign a, for me. So the science behind all this, we have this like natural hormone in our body called ghrelin, mm. which is that growling in your stomach that's that, that release of these gastric juices that are designed to like digest food and kind of make you feel hungry, right? So you know when you see food or smell food, all of a sudden your mouth starts watering, mm -hmm. stomachs start kind of grumbling. What this drug does is truly turns that off. Oh. And now you can smell popcorn in the movie theater, or you can walk by that fresh baked cookie place and like, you're like eh. yeah, whatever. Like I don't eh. need it. I don't want really? it. Smells, it still smells good. Huh? It's not like you remember when you drove by McDonald's years ago. You could smell it from two blocks on the road, I and you're like, that. Yeah, I'm pulling shit. in this. And so, it, and I'll tell you, <laughs> you, know, you like, tend to like pay too. Like when you do eat something not so good or something that um, is more greasy, fatty, or just try to a eat a, a bigger meal, you you feel it like you you mm. don't feel good you you could feel nauseous if you eat too much um so it, it truly does kind of pump the brakes on the bad and i'll yes. say like like <clears throat> as a guy who's been on it and then off of it a big question is what happens when you do come off and i'm sure we'll address that question later in this podcast but one of the factors is when you do come off and all of a sudden like you start smelling those things again and you start kind of feeling like that lack of losing power to the food again, mm -hmm. part of, I'm not so concerned about the weight loss aspect. I just really enjoy that, like not having 
food as a controlling element of my life. Yeah. And there's other benefits it provides, like reduction in inflammation. You physically feel better because like food to a degree makes you feel bloated and uncomfortable. Your joints hurt, your skin can be bad because of food. You take all that shit off the table for yourself, like not a bad thing, right? But in lies the problem is like we know what to do or we try to obviously instruct our clients what what the you know the proper process to not only take it off but how you're going to keep it off after the fact, you know. Yeah. And so it's harder to keep it off if you put yourself at a disadvantage by like killing your metabolism from not eating. So, you know, that's probably one of the biggest things that I think we yeah. try to correct. We try to still focus on the food and and make sure we lose fat, not muscle. You don't yeah. lose weight through eating, not through starving. Um, so, and just try to drill that into people's mindset that like food's not bad and you shouldn't like most people are used to, I think it, when they're younger, they diet and they're like, oh, I'm going to go diet and they stop eating and they lose weight. But then yeah. as they get older and metabolic rate goes down and say hormones are changing, insulin resistance is picking up, you know, it's like you can't do the same stuff you used to do before without seeing some weight come on. And so just making sure we're instilling those habits afterwards, yeah. um, during and afterwards. So what's the typical protocol, um, of you guys, like with your assistance, if someone's using semaglutide, and then what's the goal of like, do you sort of systematically break down their habits and tweak them? What do you guys do for that? I mean, like at our clinic, T clinic specifically, we're a ship to your home medicine model business. So we have a more hands-off approach in this particular clinic. We have a sister business called New Viva Medical Weight Loss, where we work very, you know, kind side of by side. side by side with the clients and give them very structured nutrition plans. Week to week um, accountability. If you're going to do this medication on your own where you're not going to have like a, a coach next to you, you know, you got to be mindful of making sure you stay on your meals. Like that's the number one thing that we always remind our clients is you got to, you got to eat a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You mm -hmm. know, if you're getting to a point where you're taking this drug to literally not eat breakfast, lunch, and all you're having is a small salad for dinner and you think you're doing yourself justice, you're not. So the goal isn't to take so much semaglutide that you're able to not eat all day. That is not healthy, it's not good, it's not recommended. But our, yeah, then our you are starving yourself. Yeah. yeah, because in the end, people are gonna find themselves putting the weight back on really quickly and losing the thing that makes us have strong, healthy metabolisms, which is our muscle mass. Yeah, It's really good practice for a, for a clinic such as ours or others out there that are offering it to make sure people understand this is not supposed to be HCG speed, super rapid weight loss. Like I have clients that think I'm going to do semaglutide and lose 10, 15, 20 pounds a month. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not what this that's is supposed to be. You didn't gain that weight in a month. You're not going to lose it in a month. Yeah. You're going to lose four, five, six pounds a month. And that should be very, very okay with you. Yeah. I mean, obviously a morbidly obese person, 300 pound plus person, they're going to lose weight faster or if they had a really terrible eating habits coming into it. But for the average person, mm. five, six pounds a month, right, Jeff? I yeah. mean, is one to two pounds of weight per week. Yeah. Because yeah. Mm -hmm. one, one pound is three 3, and a half thousand. 3,500 3, calories, calories which means you have to be in a deficit of that for a whole week, which yeah. is still what? 500 calories a day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but, that's, but, but what that's, is a pound? Yeah. You know, is a pound well, muscle? Is a pound water? Is a pound yeah. fat? So well, what you lose is equally as important as how much you lose in the in the game of, of, of life, right? Yeah. Like our initiative in our business is not to have you be a, a, a semaglutide client forever. Mm. We hope you graduate at some point, um, you know, and, and, and not be dependent on this stuff, at least 
to continue to lose weight. You may want to yeah. continue to use a longer term for you know maintenance doses. It's also where you get into like food choices and you know obviously teaching them the types of food dictate that like the look is is going to be different. You know if you're losing fat versus muscle, you know a lot of people are going to end up really skinny fat. They, they're yeah. going to lose a lot more muscle tissue and structural fat and be unhealthy. So you know making sure we're instilling you know proper food choices, protein requirements, so where they can maintain the lean muscle tissue. It's just still honing in on like proper smarter food choices and get them away from a lot of the not so good food choices and so with um the allegations or like the concerns of muscle and bone density being part of the weight loss um is that to do with just people don't train and then you automatically have so not even from a training standpoint and most of the complaints that are coming out are that you're hearing a zempic face muscle loss bone loss a most um, bone density loss um there was an one uh, there was that that instagram video clip of that doctor speaking to the yep, ner- to talking the about the how much muscle tissue was, was lost versus a normal conventional diet mm-hmm. but it all goes back to starving the weight off versus doing it the proper way but with Jeff, the proper but, but Jeff, what did you agree too? like any any diet plan that's relatively aggressive, this is just a name to tie to it. Ozempic face used to be HCG face. Yeah. It used to be mm. keto face. Like, I don't care what diet you do, that you starve yourself for a long enough period, meaning you're calorically deficient to a point where you're losing rapid weight loss. You're going to lose structural fat. Yeah. You're going to lose muscle structure. That is how our bodies work. But, yeah. the but you need to slow down that rapidness by having proper food choices and have you know protein in your diet and yes workout so you can support lean muscle tissue. So this argument that everybody's losing muscle mass while using these these drugs, I'm sure if we took a snapshot of our client base, you know, I think males typically would probably lose more body percent body fat percentage because we have the testosterone and muscle mass to support you know yeah. the muscle structure. Um, but I'm sure if you looked at the snapshot, you'll have equal portions of the people who eat right and train who lose a good percentage of fat compared to muscle versus someone who starves themselves and don't train who are going to lose muscle versus fat. Yeah. So it's, it's maybe they're more looking at the people that are doing everything wrong. Like well, they're going like to the, 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 really, the people that it? are taking that drug, whether it be for diabetes or for weight management, but they're not instilling you know, the other vehicle, the, the most important thing that's, is not the drug. It, it goes back to the diet. So I, you know, I just, you know, at least from our end, you know, it's kind of one of things like dieting inherently is going to slow your metabolism down because you, once you're in a deficit, your body will try to adapt to that deficit. Uh-huh. The bigger the deficit, the more you're going to lose, but the faster you're going to adapt, especially when it's coming off at that rate. Like you said, if I deficit 3,500 calories a week and it's a pound, or say I take, instead of taking 500 a day from food, I do 250 from food and five from activity, the, the, the look at the end is going to look completely different and the mm-hmm. metabolic rate or how much food you could actually consume when you're done to manage that weight. And then this is kind of like, it's, you know, most people are like, they're never really talked to or told to reverse diet out or pull out of the diet a certain way to let yeah. the body adapt and start picking up yeah, the people metabolism. People think they cross this finish line of 50 pounds is like, I've made it shit, let's, yeah, let's party, let's yeah, go out. Back, go back to what I used to well, do gonna, before. Well, that's yeah. because they, we've, we've just been brought up so much on, you know, Biggest Loser, yep. here's how you lose two kilos a week, bullshit. Biggest Loser fuck this all when it comes to the, to the nutrition diet game. Yeah. For an 10K a day. And I think I it mean, screwed a lot of those people who were on that show. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think both Julia Michaels and 
uh, the the guy, the trainer yeah. that had the heart attack after the fact, yeah. regretted being on the show because they knew that they gave people an unrealistic Oof. expectation mm. of weight loss and that you essentially give people this kind of false sense of this is healthy and normal. Yeah. We used to, at New Viva, have clients come in and go, disappointed when they would lose two pounds in a week. Which is because they're like, I saw loss. the biggest loser, someone lost eight pounds. It's like, yeah. that morbidly obese, training 16 hours and a day. And burning 10,000 calories. <laughs> yeah. and what happens when you stop exercising if you don't fix the food? Well, that's like, the thing with the biggest loser that they never really showed was it's like, you've got these people having 10,000 calories a day going down to 1,600, mm -hmm. which is a crazy deficit to start off with. And then burning another 10. And then making them train yeah, 10 hours. People lose more weight just... on naked and afraid than on biggest loser. <laughs> right? so, no, I mean, is that realistic? I yeah. mean, yeah. No. But it's, it's always that thing too is, um, you know, we, we TV is about sensationalism. So they, if you just had, like, if you had a TV show, how much did you lose this week? One pound. It'd be boring as shit. Boring as shit. That. That's right. not, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of an ecosystem that we've created ourselves, which is a problem. But then at the same time, I kind of was bit like well what do you expect when the people would complain they didn't get ongoing support outside of the show it's like yeah, yeah. You're you guys were there show, to make money to watch you yeah you guys they were you were a product you also got a great leg up like how many people can get paid to not go to work and get paid to train yeah. and have mm -hmm. trainers like that's Some a of benefit. The best trainers in the world and you're on camera so if you screw up it's under like the world's eye yeah i mean look at these celebrities who are we know are doing this stuff you know kim kardashian post malone um Elon Musk, Musk, these people have come out and we're, we know that they have rapid, extreme amounts of weight loss. It's easy for, for them to do it and to keep it off. Number one, they have the financial support yeah, to do it, but they're under the watchful eye of the world. And mm. if they gain the weight back, then everybody's going to say, well, this was a failure. You know, So if you have that accountability, you know, they're accountable to their viewers, mm. it's easier. But when you're doing that just for yourself... Um, you know, yes, this medication can help you get there, but like, what is life like after? Yeah. Well, that's why I think there's such a power in putting your, putting out into like, now you got social media, you can tell people that you're doing something. So tell people you're doing, Hey, I'm about to start losing weight. Whereas so many people don't do that because I found too, that people, when I say like, Hey, I want you to do a post on your social media or something like that to say you're going to yeah. start losing weight. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I just want to keep it to myself. Well, like, maybe because you just they, think be able they don't to want to be accountable. They fail. They don't That's want the it thing. to be out there. They're not. They don't want the maybe accountability. Maybe after the fact, they would have been like, hey, over the past couple of months, let me do my unveiling. Exactly. I, it's it's not a bad idea if you're really. Put it out there. Like your failure focus, is a good put thing. Put a picture of yourself right. out there and say, today's the first day of my weight loss journey and check in with your <clears> social <throat> media family or friends. 100%. And let them see you and congratulate you. Or to get on your ass or if you're not doing well. Or be disappointed if you're failing yeah. and push you, like navigate you. they see you. you make a post and you're at the pizza place and you're you are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think people need to have accountability, yeah. which even with having semaglutide, it's going to be have support, which yeah. is the goal because it's like, I, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be on something like semaglutide my whole life. You know what I mean? Like, I think using I think it there is will a be right a lot too. of people who will use it longer than they're supposed to because they're also scared of what life would be like when they come off. Mm. Because it is the thing that got them to successful. It's the thing that made them feel finally like they weren't able to do for a long time. And that is very, um, there's a sensitive place for us as the clinic owners or, or the people who work at our place to kind of balance, you know, where and when you have to have that conversation with somebody to say, hey, look, like it's time 
for you to have a little bit of, of life after this and let's see if you can do it without us. What would you suggest to people that are concerned about that? About themselves or? Well, or just the like idea? they're concerned that well, if Jeff, they're not going to take it. On a regular face-to-face, -face, what, what do you say? Um, well, I mean, it depends on if they're close to their goal. Uh, most of the time, though, you got to remember in the clinic, we're trying to, you know, show them like what potentially the life looks like after being on a diet, right? Mm -hmm. As far as getting back into understanding how to calorie balance. So, you know, we do have a lot of people that are afraid to kind of go away or they're like, you know, and this is a common one. It's like, you know, what happens when I come off semaglutide? You know, like people think like, just because I'm taking the drug away, like it's, yeah. no, you're, you're going to- They build a relationship with the drug and the result. Right. I, well, will, I will say this just as a personal user who has stopped. This is a really cool drug um, for the purpose in which it's intended because when you stop using it, you don't instantly go back to the abilities of you, what you had prior. It takes mm. quite some time before you really feel like your appetite's back to normal and you're capable of consuming the calories. The Honestly, unnecessary I calories. I never felt like I was able to get back to what I was doing before. Mm. I don't know how, how long that would have taken, but I took probably three months on and three months off. And during that three months off, I, I literally not got back to the the volume of food that I was able to eat prior. For for me, as I kind of talk to people about this, I think a lot of people in dieting we find ourselves like falling off the track. During the holidays, we take a vacation, we got sick. During COVID, it happened <clears throat> for a lot of people. You got off the track of dieting. You got off the track of exercising, and you just seemed because you were off the track to stay off the track. It's always seemed like, well, I'll kick that can down a little further. Mm -hmm. So one more night out, one more piece of pizza, one more dessert. And before you know it, it's a week later, it's another week later. This medication all of a sudden threw you back on that straight and arrow immediately. It made the screwing around of the diet almost impossible to do or mm. does. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that brought me to like really wanting to support and use it was for people who never found the ability to get back on track, it kept you on track. And like I said, coming off of it, I found myself able to stay on that same track. Maybe not as tight as I was, but still like not but tied to the degree up. As, as what I was before. Yeah. yeah, yeah, habits are a big thing. Um, yeah, I mean, you. I think we, we talked about a time where you injured yourself and you had taken some time off the gym. I think it was your, your foot or something. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, it's, it's 12 hard. hours off the gym. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to get back to going again, getting that mood and routine. Yeah, and, don't break momentum. Yeah, you, you got to keep it. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I just hope more people take advantage of what that, you know, GLP peptide can do is to help them instill the changes, you know, and obviously yeah. going back to even when you feel like you're off, if you're still eating through the process and your stomach kind of gradually, because you were used to eating bigger meals, more consumption, right? So you tend to get to where you could stretch out how much food you could fit in or what you could tolerate. You get to where you, you're used to tolerating a, a much smaller amount and mm. obviously get back to realistic portions, you know, to where you, you, you kind of get back to portion control. And then, you know, you're fine. If you're, if you're eating consistently and you have enough calories coming in and a steady flow of energy, you're good. Like, yeah. so like I, we're really trying to push like the eating habit to, you know, make sure your small frequent meals, you know, eat within what your body can use. And most people, and this is dieting in general is like most of their life, everyone starts life with a decent metabolism and through life they get busy, kids, work, school, whatever, and they start gapping out meals and they might've been hungry, but then eventually your body downregulates metabolism. Mm -hmm. You get to where you function without eating. And then when you do eat, you tend to eat. 
You yeah. don't get the hunger response the same. So like getting people back to like, hey, here's what a portion looks like. You're able to stick to the portion. And then, you know, once they kind of get that eating habit down, it, it just just eating small frequent meals is going to prevent you from overeating. Mm. Blood sugar control is going to prevent you from overeating. Just having consistent steady source of energy will break a lot of the problems. Your tolerance hey, for hey, Blake, um, junk me, food. Sorry. Just, yeah. on, on his note real quick. You're not from America. Was it interesting when you came to America to see what our portions were like? Um, yeah. I mean, coming from I mean, Australia, I don't know if your portions are really put small Put it this either, way. Our large coffee is your tall Starbucks. <laughs> like, that's one that's thing in Americans. Spice. Our yeah. portions are insanely big comparably to everybody else in the yeah. world. We don't and should not eat that volume of food. And look around. We mm. have one of the most obese countries, probably the most obese country in the world, I'd say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not just because our food qu- quality is shit, but the quantity is is, is just yeah. ridiculous. The super size becomes the normal. Yeah. And like, we have to upsize our clothes to make them fashionably acceptable. I mean, our size eight is the rest of the world's size 12. You know, <laughs> it just, there's no excuse for it. And this medication, I think, brings everybody back into a point what where reality like. is yeah. brought back. Like, small portions are okay. Like, split an appetizer, split an entree with your Take husband. Take half your meal home. With food being so <laughs> expensive, like, hey, when was the last time you took some food home? That's one thing that fascinates <laughs> me. I'm like, I've always joked that the reason I'm healthy is because I'm cheap. It tr- I'm like, I can't, it's very and true. you eat quality food, I'm satiated longer and I don't want as much crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, food's expensive. Like, I go out to dinner, it's extremely expensive. My wife and I, we split an appetizer, we split an entree. Mm. Take some glutide. that's enough. Before I'd want to order <laughs> yeah, two, appetizers, two appetizers, two appetizers, two entrees, and a dessert. And disappointed. And I was spending more money on <laughs> dinners than I was on the medication cost. Yeah. So to a point, semaglutide is a really good budget. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I would imagine too, like, I mean, it's like with any habit, if it's semaglutide or just a normal diet in general, where you start cutting out all those sugars and all the, all the other crap, that when you do have a sugary drink or sugary food you're like with you well your body even just your taste buds it looks like Mm -hmm. what's going on here like that's the funny thing that i've seen um when i was a personal trainer same thing i would imagine happened in semaglutide is people would i kind of would let them have something that was kind of funky where they were used to have Mm -hmm. after like four five six weeks and they'd be like oh it's gross with salty food i know that if you Mm. kind of cut back on you know, very salty food, and then you you have something salty, you're going to be like, it's almost unpalatable. Yeah, so it kind of resets and brings yeah, down your tolerance. Yeah, because you get used to it. If you eat spicy food every day, I'm sure eventually you could tolerate the next tear up in spice, yeah. likewise with sugar. Mm. Um, and, and you know what's funny about this medication, um, and I don't know why, I don't know the phenomenon <laughs> behind it, because I don't truly think it has any influence on taste buds, but maybe something about what you just said, you really don't have the desire to eat those sweet foods. Like, Mm-hmm. something that you would have traditionally loved the, the flavor of like a, like a cookie or a donut, even if you allow yourself that cheat, taking a bite of it doesn't taste as good. And alcohol consumption, like I personally used to have a glass of red wine here and there, it doesn't taste the same. It's mm-hmm. like it tastes, it tastes bad to a point where I actually stopped drinking because I started using semaglutide. And a lot of my clients would call me and be like, Alex, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure is it weird I don't want to drink while I'm on this stuff? And I'm like, no, it's not weird. I don't know why. Mm. But I'm finding that a very high majority of our clients are reporting the same thing. They stop drinking wine. They stop drinking cocktails. Not that they can't. Not that yep. you're getting more hungover. Just finding yourself not wanting to. I, I, think, I think it's easier. twofold. Mm. One, more stable blood sugar, right? 
so you, like you, you don't really crave things. Usually, blood sugar kind of is kind of like a drug. When 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 it's up, it's good. When it's low, you crave you more of it. Again. Exactly. So I I think part of that is one just having a stable blood sugar. Two, getting away from something. Like I said, you give them three weeks off, four weeks off, and they eat something. They're like one, it don't taste good. Number two, they don't feel good from eating it. It's kind of like I always kind of use an analogy. Like when I was in college, I got wasted on like aftershock or whatever, and I got severely. <laughs> sick and I can't even like chew cinnamon gum or smell anything cinnamon anymore. It's just, you kind of have this like bad taste Um, with alcohol. It does (laughs) kind of have this unique thing where even if you did want to drink, because I'd be like, I still want to drink, but I don't want to drink anymore because I think they don't even like, you know, usually one drink or more, they don't feel good and they don't really pick up on it, but Mm -hmm. I think they just start feeling gross. And so it's kind of deters them from wanting to keep doing it, which is nice because I'll I'll tell you, there's people that we struggled to get them to just get buckled down to get on a plan. It's like they never really caught their stride and all of a sudden they buckle down, they start falling in line, they start making the habits and all of a sudden they see a little bit of success and now they're like, cool, not having that because they're actually for once starting to see results and and starting to make progress which is Mm kind of cool to see because i have some people that like just like why even trying like you're you're not putting that that, that glass of wine how detrimental it is to somebody's ability to lose weight you don't think it is yeah because mm. like a, a glass of wine is what 120, 160 yeah. ca- calories, depending on the, the, the pl- pore size. Plus, it's then fighting the liver, which is it also one hundred percent. It inhibits weight loss, dehydration, spikes blood sugar. Typically, creates you to have a potentially shitty, you know, snack with it or something. In addition, yeah. it's crazy to see the change if you cut out a little bit of alcohol, and yeah. because this medication, to a point, creates that lack of desire. That also fast forwards, you know, you through like that sticking point of not being able to lose weight as much. So mm. it's just, it Liver just has fires so many great functions. factors when it comes to all these all these benefits that we're looking at. And so, uh, who are some people like some examples of people who come in asking for semaglutide that you would potentially say it's probably a different route to take instead of this? You mean clients that I would suggest this isn't a first. Yeah. First step yeah. Like if someone if someone's on the fence with it, what? Who would you be? I, mean, I think like, first off, like you not. should have tried to do a diet beforehand without this. Mm-hmm. Your first attempt to lose weight should not be through the use of a medication. Like you should lean. It's just like we talk about other hormones that we prescribe through our practices or other peptides and whatnot. Your first kind of chance at solving the problem shouldn't be through the use of a medication to make that problem go away. Yeah, you should try to like diet on your own. You should try to exercise. You should maybe try to cut out the unnecessary shit in your in your life. Try more than two weeks. If that doesn't work, <laughs> if that doesn't work, and now you're considering other you know Avenues. solutions, you could go the 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 traditional route of seeking a nutritionist or getting on a meal plan, but. I mean, honestly, like in my in my personal experience, I feel like there's not a consequence to the use of the medication aside from the fact that you should be okay knowing that you kind of waved the white flag and said, I can't do this on my own. Mm. And whether that does or doesn't bother you, I mean, Jeff, I don't know if your opinion on who should or shouldn't. I mean, there are medical, well, there are medical, there are reasons, medical why. reasons why you should not, of course, you know. but from like a 
kind of psychological. No, I mean, what about so? I don't want to say reasons. Well, medical reasons. Obviously, you want to make sure they don't like have a history of like a rare thyroid cancer, medullary thyroid cancer um, history in the family. um, Men two or type two, which is multiple endocrine neoplasia, which is like cancer of the glands or tumors of the glands that cause the body to release hormones. Pancreatitis is definitely one. Mm -hmm. Um, It could definitely type one diabetic. Type one diabetic. They're already on insulin, so they shouldn't be taking it. Um, Type two, if they're already using uh, another GLP. Worst case, they could switch. Um, But I'll tell you, most people, even like just in the dieting world in general that have dieted before, dieted the wrong way, most of us over time get a little bit insulin resistant depending on how many times we dieted. We get a little bit of metabolic syndrome. And so – And I'm not – Insulin resistance, by the way. Just explain that for a second because it's important to understand like so, how that affects. Like think diet. about like when you know if I eat a carbohydrate, my pancreas releases insulin f- to take that carbohydrate to get used by the, by the cells for energy. Um, usually, what happens if you're eating too many carbohydrates? Eventually, that response doesn't happen. So carbs come in, not enough insulin is released, blood sugar builds up, doesn't get used by the cells, and so you tend to like so store it into adipose floats tissue around your system long enough, and basically gets stored into our storage Glucose tank, which is and fat. Mm-hmm. Goes up. You know, so when your insulin's when you're insulin resistant your body can't do with carbohydrates as it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's from the overconsumption of carbohydrates. So if you eat sugar every day of your life for a long period of time, eventually your body kind of gives up on dealing with it and yep. you just get fat because of it. Yeah. And so semaglutide actually suppresses the resistance and makes you more insulin sensitive. Yeah. Hmm. And so therefore it- you eat a carbohydrate your body can do with that carbohydrate as it's supposed to mm. and drive it into an energy-based cell and stop it from going into fat. So that's the point I was actually going to say is like, and I'm not telling everybody out there to like go get on semaglutide, but if done right and not taking to. too much or, or getting sick from it and using it for good, you're in a better spot when you're done when it comes to how the pancreas is functioning. So you're kind of, you know, there's peptides that tell your growth, you know, your pituitary to put out growth hormone. There's peptides to help you heal. There's peptides, you know, that you could use for like the increased cellular energy. Well, this peptide actually improves how the pancreas functions. So even if you had a slight insulin resistant and you would diet and it didn't happen as fast, you could kind of almost like hit the reset button on it and you're, you are in a better spot after you do it. Now, how you took it off is going to be the question. If As long as you do it the right way, you're in a better spot than when you started. Typically, to fix insulin resistance conventionally through a low-carbohydrate plan, um, you could do it. It just takes a little bit longer just to get everything functioning the way it should when it comes to the pancreas. Um, this is kind of putting the fast forward on how fast you get the pancreas doing what it should have been doing in the first place. Mm. I mean, you can watch late-night TV. And there's so many commercials talking about insulin resistancy and this <laughs> this supplement fixes it. Because Dr. Gundry. think about what you're doing late night TV most of the time. People are sitting mm-hmm. on their sofa and they're eating some shitty food, ice cream, chips, having popcorn. They're spiking their insulin levels all night long. Yeah. Eventually, if you're so insulin resistant over a long period of time, you actually become type 2 diabetic. Because there's so much sugar floating around your system, your pancreas just is not doing what it's supposed to do. It kind of gives up on shuttling carbohydrates where they where they will. This medication, that's why it is great for diabetics, type two diabetics, but also any person who has this like quote unquote insulin resistance issue that's preventing them from like shuttling carbohydrates as they're supposed to, and why they get fat no matter what carb they eat, right? So it really does reset them back to the way our body's supposed to kind of function prior to all this like um, onslaught of sugar and carbs that they've just been just flooding their system with for, for, for however long. Yeah, okay. And to add to that, just, you know, for years and years, I mean, we've been in weight loss 
field for a long time, you know, and I would see follow-up blood work from conventional dieting and, and usually your A1C will get better, your blood sugar gets better, your fasting glucose gets better. But I'll tell you like some of the follow-up labs I'm seeing, I've like, I'm in awe of like how much better like the A1Cs are becoming, the, the resting glucose, it's just... It, I'm pretty shocked. Even cholesterol improvements. Yeah. Well, I mean, they all go hand in hand, yeah. metabolic process across the board. So. Yeah. And so for, what do you guys typically look for? I mean, um, do you have sort of a blood test or any sort of other medical tests when you bring people in before um, they get on semaglutide so that you have indicators before and after? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. yeah I so, mean, this, this is a drug that should not be prescribed to, anybody. to somebody yeah. who has not had a proper blood test done. If you have medical issues, there are potential reasons that this should a either be not given, or you want to be able to monitor over the course of time. So, like you want to check someone's liver function, their kidney function. You want to check their hemoglobin A1C. They want to make sure that their thyroid functions sure within a normal it. range. And thyroid is more concerning because if it's not being like kind of considered prior to using it. That could be one of the major problems in your in your inability to lose weight. Mm -hmm. So we'll check someone's thyroid out because if like you're coming to me without the ability to lose weight, wanting to go on semaglutide first, and your thyroid's not been looked at, and meanwhile you have this thyroid problem, it would be not the first step forward is to go on semaglutide. The first step right. forward would be get Adjust your thyroid kind of adjusted problem. and start to function correctly. But those things are like what we what we check on, and I know there's places that prescribe the stuff without even doing any blood work. Mm. And I think that's just, just a money grab sight unseen. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a little I mean, dangerous. You know? And, you know, just to add on to that, you know, it it's not one size fits all, not with any medication. It doesn't always like some, you, you get a lot of people that respond to a lower dose and get the same good benefits and you have somebody else that might need to take a little bit more to get it. So, you know, that's unfortunately with the way it was set for Zempic or Rogovi, and it's like a this set scale up protocol, and some you're getting some people getting really, really sick, and that just in here, you know, in turns causing them to lose it the wrong way. So yeah, sorry. So we you mentioned people getting sick as well. Um, I'm, I've heard that there's a lot of, not a lot, but it, there's multiple cases of people that get nausea or yep. like yep. very nauseous after taking it. Yeah, uh, is that common? And if it is not. Is there things you can take to level it out? So, you know, starting out a lot of times, usually first entry dose, I would tell most people get a little or a little queasy, but they're usually fine. Um, one of the common ones that I think like everybody's going to run into with it is because of that, that, that peptide actually slows gastric emptying or how fast food moves to your gut. Constipation's are a really big one. So, you know, you want to make sure you're doing the necessary things, hydrating, um, depending on the person, fiber, we do have a cool supplement that kind of makes sure that they're staying regular. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I've heard some stories outside, just other people taking it and not going to the restroom and then having some bigger problems from not going poop. So, so the nausea side effect is a side effect of how the GLP-1 receptor in your stomach slows down gastric emptying. Mm -hmm. That slowing down of the digestion process on a full or empty stomach makes you feel a little sick to your stomach. A natural remedy of nausea is vitamin B12. Mm. So we often will accompany the B12, I'm sorry, the semaglutide with a B12 shot. We offer a B12 product that combines vitamin B12 for its anti-nausea property, vitamin B6, because in the event you do start having throwing up or convulsions, it has like an anti-convulsion property. Mm -hmm. And then it has these amino acids that are referred to MYC, which is methionine, 
inositol, choline, and carnitine, those kind of help the body break down fat faster. They're amino acids that kind of mm, break the, liver the fat too. a little bit quicker and assist the liver. Um, but that that product in combination is really a good way to remedy the nausea. Without the B12, the nausea does become kind of like feeling car sick. And you almost feel like that through the course of the whole time you're using. I personally um, would never recommend doing semaglutide without B12 because you yeah. just feel like shit. Mm. Um, enough to where the b12 can fix that and why not do that give you that extra energy and the extra metabolic boost helps Plus help your body out with the energy. breaking down of the fat so mm. so we sell it as like packages semaglutide right now is everywhere everyone's talking about it and it's extremely popular for weight loss but the thing that you've got to be mindful of is taking this medication properly we've heard of that things like a zempic face muscle and bone density decreasing. The reason is people are not treating this medication in the way that it should be, which is it is a stepping stone to the next thing, which is our habits. And for this reason, it is especially important that you get assistance when taking this medication of semaglutide. Now, if you're someone who wants to do this the right way and not the rushed way, Nuviva Medical Weight Loss is the company that will help support all those needs. They will not only make sure that you get the right dosage because everyone is different, but you will also get the support you need in order to use this as the tool that it's intended to, which is breaking those habits so that you can build the right habits for long-term weight loss success not just lose it, get off it, put the weight back on. It's lose it, get off it, and then keep the weight off because you have that foundation built. Nuviva Medical Weight Loss is offering 10% off your first semaglutide package, which includes expert support along your journey. To make use of this deal, head to bit.ly forward slash semaglutide10, fill out the form, mention that you heard this through the Man Lab, and you will receive 10% off your first semaglutide package. Now let's get back to the show. My last question is, um, I've heard his other company, Manjaro, Manjaro, what is it again? You know Manjaro. 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 What is that exactly? Is yeah, that so, so it's similar? a different drug. It's a drug called terzepatide. Uh -huh. Consider semaglutide as half of what terzepatide is. So terzepatide is a combination of what semaglutide is, which is GLP-1 peptide, with another called GIP. Both of those are receptor sites essentially found in similar places in our body, mm -hmm. in our pancreas, in our brain, in our gut. And they function off of the same stimulation, which is the, in, the introduction of food. Um, terzepatide's a little bit more advanced than semaglutide because the GIP receptor has a better ability to produce insulin from the pancreas than like the GLP-1 does. Mm -hmm. But the GLP-1 has a better benefit in the reduction of the gastric emptying. So more often than not, people have a little more nausea with just semaglutide, but a more regulated blood sugar with terzepatide. You'll have less of a resistance to the terzepatide over a higher dose use because you're kind of splitting it between two receptor sites versus one. Mm -hmm. But on the contrary, terzepatide is more expensive. So if you're thinking about entering into this, we recommend start with semaglutide get it to a point where it's kind of not working anymore because you're on such a high dose or the cost is getting too much, and then transition to the terzepatide for kind of the next step up the ladder. To start with terzepatide when you've never done semaglutide, to me, doesn't seem like a reasonable mm. starting point. People sometimes think, well, money is no object and I just want to start with the best thing. It's about longevity as well. 
because if you're in, if you're anticipating doing this for a long enough period of time, there will get to a point with either of these medications where you're going to max out their abilities to work from a time standpoint. Yeah. So use semaglutide first. I have tried both, and I found that me on terzepatide, my energy levels were lower because of blood sugar regulation, and my ability to eat larger portions was not as controlled. Mm. My con portion control was much more controlled on semaglutide, but the nausea factor was a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. And there's this weird delicate dance when you're dosing this stuff to think, I'm using semaglutide to suppress my hunger and to control my ability to eat larger portions, so I wanna take more, but then more can mean the consequence, which is a little bit of the, of the nausea. <laughs> so as we're, as we're thinking about taking more, because it's a titrated drug, which means you know, each week, because you take a once a week shot, you potentially need to increase your dose. And if you slowly step ladder that up, that consequence of the nausea can be mitigated. But at the same time, you wanna go up enough to where it still works. Mm -hmm. And so when we have people who have their own bottles and they dose themselves every week, or if they come in the clinic and we do it on their behalf, each time that step up, there should be a consideration of, is the medication working as much as you want it to? But at the same time, do we not want to push you into the point where you don't feel good because of it? Mm. The B12 will help with the consequence, but to a point where is it going to still be a little bit overwhelming? And that's kind it's, of it's the It's a delicate dance the delicate to get dance. the good and mitigate the bad. Yes. Yeah. So. Sounds like it. And like but I said, I'll, avoid the big problem that's going to yeah, happen. But, but we'll see people yeah. coming from other clinics that after short periods of time on really high dosing, and it's like, God, first off, they did such a disservice to you because where do you go from here? Mm -hmm. It was unnecessary to put you through that difficult kind of point where you're not feeling well. You could have got equally as good a result staying at a lower dose, just knowing how to diet better with it, or just unnecessarily thinking you should take more because maybe you didn't lose as many pounds on the scale that week. Mm -hmm. It's not a fat burner. You know, it's an appetite control medication. It's a blood sugar control medication that doesn't always equal pounds lost. And so if those things are working for you, don't think taking more equals a better result. Give it time. Yeah. You know, this is, this is a slow, this is the tortoise, not the hare. Like this is supposed to be slow and steady and it's supposed to be something that should be consistent for a long period of time. Yeah. With assistance. Yeah, mm -hmm. I always stress that. Well, <laughs> you know, listen, build the foundation. You know, it's yeah. like no sense doing it if you're going to put it back on. And be guided by the right people too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Is there anything else I need to touch on? I don't know if I've got everything. I feel like I've asked every question I had, so. You're an expert now. You're an expert uh, now, man. It's, I've, I've still it a while ago. I'll see. <laughs> but um, awesome. Well, thanks, guys. And guys, yeah, if you want to find out more information about semaglutide, uh, you can go to either T-Clinics, the link's in the description, or Nuviva which I'll put that, that would be in the description as well. com. Yeah, newvivaweightloss.com. And uh, make sure to subscribe. We've got more stuff coming out. And these guys are smarter than me, so remember that. <laughs> All right, see ya. Subscribe. Right. Bye. Bye.